Talking about that uh, prayer card, we're going to dive right on in, then we'll pray. But I want you to know that with that prayer card, that welcome card, um, you don't get to see all the prayer requests. But you may not know this, but there's a lot going on in this body. Okay, um, We all may look like we come in here and tiptoe through the tulips, but there's a lot going on. Nothing, you know, crazy, but um, we all are always praying for those prayer cards. You know, before COVID, it was like two or three pages, and, um, you know, now it's a little bit less. But, um, you know, people need this healing series right now. And some of you may look at me and like, well, I don't really need it. I'm good to go. You're going to need it in the future. Now, I'm not talking about you're going to get COVID, but everybody's going to get sick. Everybody's going to need something. You know, it's not just physical. We're learning that. It's not just physical. It's spiritual. It could be a relational thing. It could be a financial thing. It, it could be many things that you need to put on that prayer card. But, prayer card, but we do pray for the, those prayer cards. And healing is a mysterious thing in the Bible. It, it, it's what I call troubling because it can be confusing. And it's confusing because it can be very complex. For a healing and a miracle to take place, it can be confusing and complex. And there's absolutely no way to cover and exhaust everything that I would like to cover and exhaust in this healing series. But I'm going to give you some points today that I believe will help you. And then next Sunday, I really don't want you to miss next Sunday. Because next Sunday we're going to be talking about 17. Somebody say 17. Hindrances to your healing. 17 hindrances to your healing. It's going to take us about 17 hours to get through, but but I promise no, I'm going to be short today. I promise you that. But um, 17 hindrances to your healing that I believe that this church you will find that maybe you have one or more of those hindrances in your life, and you definitely want to come to to just examine yourself to say, okay, maybe I've got this, and to get that under the blood so that God can flow. And that's why I say it can be confusing and complex because there's a lot of things wrapped up into healings and miracles. So let's pray. Let's dive in today. Let's have a good day. We're going to open up this altar for anybody that needs to be healed and uh, are touched in any area of their life. And I believe God's going to move today. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, that no matter how confusing, no matter how complex it is, we did learn last week the, the formula. We have to have the word. We have to have faith. We have obedience. And then we have to have you. We definitely have you, Father God. So I just pray in Jesus' mighty name that you move in our midst today. That we'll leave here knowing undeniably that we've been touched by your word and by your presence. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Every man, Amen. Every man. Woo, COVID. It's really getting to me. <laughs> amen. I want you to look at the screen. We've got two scriptures we're really going to look at. This one's going to set us up. You really got to put on your binoculars to see that up there. But um, once you put the binoculars on, we can read it together. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Somebody say the spirit. The Spirit of the Lord God was upon Jesus. We read this in the book of Luke, and we read this also in Isaiah. Isaiah was prophesying to Jesus and what Jesus was going to do. Luke begins to unpack that and unfold that, and that's why Jesus was able to move in such power and such uh, healing and, and miracles is because the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. But look at the next verse. It says, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Somebody say, anointed me to preach. What I need you to understand is the anointing is for ministry. 
Understand that. The anointing is for ministry. It's not like I go home and I'm just flowing in the anointing and I start preaching to my kids and my wife. The anointing is for ministry. And when I step up here to preach, it's like when Jesus stepped up, the anointing of God came upon him. It helps me to preach. It also helps me to counsel. There are times where when I'm counseling, I go away going, wow, that was even good. Because there's times where the Holy Spirit just helps me and things are coming out of my mouth that just are impacting people and that's the anointing so the anointing is for ministry and that's why the Lord was anointing Jesus but to do a specific task here to preach good news to the poor then the Bible says he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And I believe we have some broken hearted people in here. I believe we have some wounded hearts in here. And if you have a wounded heart or a broken heart, guess what? God's anointing is in this place to heal your heart today. Amen? The Bible also says to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. We have some people that not only have wounded hearts, but we have some people in this room that I believe are captive. You could be captive by an addiction. You could be captive by drugs. You could be captive by pornography. And the Lord wants to set you free today. He wants to heal you if you're bound today. It doesn't have to be those sins that I just pointed out. You could be bound by a stronghold from your past of a thinking pattern that was handed down to you and God still wants to heal you from that. Can I get an amen? The Bible goes on in verse 2 to say to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of God and it says to comfort all those who mourn. And listen, we're in a season of mourning. I I heard today from Harry that he lost some friends to COVID. Luis Ojeda and Dave Ojeda. Dave lost his brother. Luis recently lost his, uh, lost her nephew. And, And there are people in this room that maybe you have lost a friend or a loved one. in Zion to give them beauty for ashes. Watch this. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Look, when I read that he's going to give me beauty for ashes, if I have ashes in my life, that means something has been destroyed in my life. If a house burns up and there's an ash heap, it's because that house was destroyed. If he's going to give me beauty for ashes, it means something has been destroyed today. And look, we may have people in this room that you got a messy ash heap of a family situation. You got a messy ash heap of a relational situation. You've got a messy ash heap going on in your family or in your relationship or in your home. You may have a messy ash heap of a circumstance, trial, or situation. You may be carrying ashes in your life because you were wounded by a friend or wounded by a relationship. You could have ashes in your life just because you have a wounded spirit in this place. But there is good news today and the good news right now is God will give you beauty for those ashes and you can walk out of this place with a joyous blessing. Can you say amen? And when I read this, the the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, one of the greatest blessings in our life today is to remove that garment of depression. 
to remove that garment of fear, to remove that garment of heaviness. Any garment that's on you that is not of the Lord, it's time to remove that today. And God says, I've walked in this house today to replace that garment and give you a new garment. So I proclaim today we're having a clothing drive in this place. So whatever garment you don't want, drop it off. Pick up the new garment that God's brought in the house. Take it out with you and be blessed. Be joyous. Be thankgiving. Amen. Come on, give him praise. It's time to take something off. Take it off. And look, I know there's some people that are worried. I know there's some people that are pressed there. I know there's people in this room that are wrapped up in fear. Turn that garment into a garment of praise. We need to start turning our garment into joy, into liberation, into happiness, and into freedom. And the only way I can rise up out of my junk is get into the Word of God, be who He's called me to be, be what He's told me to be, and be healed in my spirit. Come on and give Him praise. you got to rise up. I know Peggy didn't like to hear it, but I said, you've got to rise up, girl. Rise up out of that bed. I know you feel tired, but get up and walk around if you have to. you got to fight, amen? If we're in brokenness, we have to rise up back to wholeness. If we're in bondage, we got to rise up out of that and walk in our freedom. Because the Bible says, I am the Lord that heals you. He is my Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha means he's my healer. He doesn't just heal me in my physical body. He heals me in my spirit because my God is in the wholeness. Amen? Look on the screen, Psalms 107.20. What does it say? It says, he sent out his what? He sent out his word and what did it do? And it healed them. He sent out his word and it healed them. That's why I keep telling you, you come to the command center not to hear me. You come to the command center to hear what God has given me out of my spirit, deposited into your spirit, and it's the word of God. And as the word of God soaks into your heart and it mixes with your faith, the healing power in this room today can operate in your life even as I'm speaking in this room. Do you understand that? I don't think you do. Not by that reaction. I want you to look at it this way. The United States in Iran right now, they're really not concerned that Iran has nuclear weapons. I know y'all think that that's what we're concerned about, but really it's not. It's, it's not the fact that Iran has a nuclear reactor. It, 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 don't worry about that stuff. What we need to worry about is can Iran get a hold of plutonium? Because, see, it's the plutonium that makes that nuclear reactor powerful. And it's the plutonium that makes that nuclear bomb powerful. So this is the way you need to look at it. You may have faith today. You may walk in here acting like you got all the faith in the world. And that's good. You got a nuclear reactor. And it may look good. And it may sound powerful, but if, baby, you ain't got the plutonium of the Word of God to back up that faith that you're speaking, then there's not going to be any explosion in your life. Amen? you got to have the Word of God combined with the faith inside of you. Faith must have the Word. So look at the screen. The Word is the main ingredient. 
If you want to defeat the enemy in your life, it always goes back to the Word, to the Word, to the Word. Can everybody say the Word? So understand on Sundays, when the Word is being preached, you don't have to wait for me to say, Melissa, would you come? I'm going to open up the altars, and then I'm going to start laying my hand. You ain't got to wait for me to lay my hands on you. You can be healed right where you are right now. You don't have to wait for the pastor to come to you, or this person touch me. I want the... No, 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 baby, receive your healing, even as the Word's being preached. Amen? All right. Prove it, Pastor. Okay, let's go to Mark chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Y'all ready? Because I'm going to be done in a second. <laughs> I worked too hard yesterday. I need to go home and go to bed. <laughs> Did a whole entire leadership training yesterday. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. There it is. See, when you look at it, it shows up. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum... Several days later, the the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with what? Oh, cool. That there was no more room even outside the door. Now, that since I'm a pastor, we just got to stop right here. I mean, I think you know, and those of you that are watching on Facebook, this has nothing to do with you right now, but I think everybody knows that I want this house packed. Not for bragging rights, not for, you know, who look at me, I got a big church. It's, it's to get the word of God in your life to transform people. That's my heart. Okay. You know that. So what I want you to see is because I, I don't, I wouldn't mind if we had overflow in the fellowship hall or in the gym. Okay. But what I want you to see is how does overflow in a house being packed happen according to what we're seeing here? Don't say Jesus. Huh? Sounds like a bunch of Chinese going on. Somebody just shout out something. What? The news what spread? Okay, well, yeah. How did the news spread? Well, it spread quickly, but how does news spread? People talking. Mike's a genius. People have to spread the news. You gotta go and tell people. I, and I know, Pastor, ain't nobody coming during COVID. I understand that, but still invite them. Tell them God is doing something in the house at Northfield. Spread the news that your life's changed. Spread the news about Jesus and tell them to come to church. Amen? Okay, that was just my pastor thing getting on my high horse. Here we go. Read on. Look what it says. It says, while he was doing what? Oh, there it is. While he was preaching what to them? Uh-huh. It wasn't when he finished. It says while he was preaching. Jesus never once in his life said, would the musicians come? He don't have a Melissa. He didn't have a Melissa. He never called on the angels to sing in an angelic choir. It says while he was preaching. Right? While he was preaching the word to them, look at this. Four men carried a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because the church was so stinking packed that they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed, my child, your sins are forgiven. Next slide. It says, but some of the teachers of the, some of the religious folks in the church, it's always the religious people in the church who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. 
Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So, I'll prove to you that the Son of God, or Son of Man, has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus Jesus turned to the paralyzed man. Now, don't miss that. Don't miss everything that's operating in here. I can't give you everything that's operating in here. But listen, if you come to this place, if you come to the Word, if you get into your devotions hungry... Expecting, wanting to hear the infallible word of God that can instantly transform your life. The Bible says God is going to turn to you every time and do something in your life. Because the Bible, look, look at what they had to go through to get to him. They were hungry. They were expecting. And because of the hunger and the expectancy, Jesus turned well, Pastor, it was because he was coming through the roof. Don't matter. Jesus could have been like, welcome, and went on about his preaching. But he turned and said, your sins are forgiven. Read on. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Now, to all you super spiritual people in the room that always have to be spiritual, okay, there was nothing spiritual about that statement. Think about it. Look what he said. Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. He didn't say, where's my anointing oil, boils? Get me my anointing oil. I got to have my anointing oil first before I lay my hands on anybody. He didn't say that. He did not rebuke a thing. He did not cast out a thing. He did not speak to a specific thing. He did not even take his mouth and get down into the area where you're sick and go... In the name of Jesus, come, you, you know how we do, right? He simply said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. Not a single theological thing there. He just said it and it was done. I think we just need to get back to that, amen? In the name of Jesus, you're healed. Whatever you got, just stand up, get out of here and go home. You're healed, amen? Read on, verse 12. And the, watch this, revival. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat... Walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed. The church was amazed. And praised God exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Now, what is overlooked here? Because we always pass over the truth when something miraculous happens. We focus on the miracle, but we got to get back to what was taking place here. What was taking place? Jesus was preaching the word of God. Are you with me? Don't miss that. Jesus was preaching the word of God in order for the miracle to take place. And while Jesus was preaching the word of God, four Jewish people bring a paralyzed man to church. And don't miss this. Not a single person gives up their seat 
Nothing's changed today, okay? Not a single person gave them their seat. But these men, watch this, they pressed through the inconvenience of a packed house, climbed the walls, got onto the roof, pressed through the inconvenience of a roof, dug through it, pressed through the inconvenience of lowering a man down to finally get to Jesus. And look at the screen. Here's what's happening in America today. Inconvenience is the enemy of your perseverance. None of you like inconvenience. Just, I won't even say anything. None of you like inconvenience. If something is not appealing to your comfy spirit, if something's not appealing to your I'm in a rut spirit, you're going to miss your miracle. I'm going to stop shopping there. Because that person didn't treat me nice. I'll just go somewhere else. Facebook, they censor me. I'm going to go to parlor. <laughs> Love you, Randy. I was kidding him today about parlor. So I had to throw that in there. Okay? I mean, don't we do that? I'll never go to that restaurant again because how they treated me. I will never go to that bank again because I had to wait five minutes in line to deposit my money into their bank to where they can make money off me. I ain't going to that church again. He preaches an hour. I got to wait an hour to get down to the altar to get my miracle. Come on now, y'all. Are you with me? Now, there's a whole bunch I could say, but some of you are in here that have given me those excuses, so I'm going to be kind. So look at the screen. Lord, I'm on a roll today. Faith cannot be stopped when it faces inconvenience. My wife's going to be gone for two Sundays, so there's no telling what I'm going to say now. (laughs) Okay, look at the point. It's really a good one. Faith cannot be stopped when it faces inconvenience. Right? They were preaching the word of God. Faith was being built. They could probably hear Jesus outside. They really wanted to get to him. Faith did not stop at the inconvenience. I mean, if we truly got packed and you didn't get your special little parking lot space out there, you would be mad. Right? If we actually have to go online again, you would be mad. It's an inconvenience. But faith can't be stopped when it faces inconvenience because true faith... It steps over inconvenience because i got to get into the house of God. I've got to get there to hear the word of God. I've got to get something planted in my spirit because faith does whatever it takes to get to Jesus. Amen? Somebody shout whatever. Whatever it costs. Whatever it costs to get to Jesus, to get to his word, i got to get to it. Whatever time it takes, I've got to get there to get to Jesus. Whatever i got to pray, I'm going to pray it for my family, for my kids. Whatever I have to do, faith always breaks through inconvenience because it wants what God has for them. And in order to receive my miracle, faith always has to move you to Jesus no matter how inconvenient it is. Amen? And I'm telling you. That's why the church is so important right now. And everybody in here that looks at me, I ain't got to be, be at church to get close to God. You ain't read the Bible. You don't understand the law of Christ. One of the law of Christ is in the book of Hebrews that says, do not forsake the assembly of the saints. So if you want to break the law of Christ, go right ahead. Anyway, moving on. Four men dug a hole, right? Dug a hole 
pushed through the inconvenience, ripped a hole in the roof. Here's all. It'd be like me preaching right now. Like, oh, hey, my God's God, come on down. I mean, his little face would be poking through the roof. That's what was happening with these men. Four faces poking through the roof. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, seeing their faith. Did you know faith can be seen? Do you know like when I look out, I can see who has faith right now and who don't? Yeah, yeah, it's a scary thing. I got your number. Do you know when I'm praying for people at the altar? I know when I've run up against faith and when I've run up against doubt. When I've run up against fear. I can sense it in the spirit. That's why sometimes I move faster with others. Is I sense blockages and things. I'm going to pray for you, but I ain't going to pray long. I'm going to move on because my spirit is attracted to faith. Are you hearing me? It's not that I don't love you. It's just it, it can be seen. Prove it. You only got me one scripture, and that was Jesus. Okay, look at Acts chapter 14, 8 through 10. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas, here's just two men, okay, called of God, not Jesus, came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. Oh, wow, look at this. He was sitting, and what was he listening to Paul do? Yeah, what was Paul preaching? The word of God. So he's sitting there listening at Paul preaching. Paul looking straight at him. Paul realized he had what? How did he know that? Was the guy going, I got faith, I got faith, I got faith. No, he could see it. So Paul called to him in a loud voice. Which probably means he wasn't too close. He says, stand up. It sounds just like Jesus. He didn't say, Barnabas, get my, my anointing oil. All right, bring it here, bring it here. I got I to gotta oil him up. I got to lube him up before I pray for him. All right, saints, get to praying, get to praying. We got to press through some stuff right now. No, what did he say? He said, stand up. Look at that prayer. Stand up. And what happened? And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. Amen? Two very similar stories. Two things going on. The words being preached. Faith was being seen. Both of them stand up and walk. Why? Because each one placed themselves in a position for a miracle. And notice with me what they didn't do. Well, I really could use some prayer today, but I think I'll sit at home on Sunday. Yeah, Pastor, I just couldn't make it. Oh, you wouldn't believe what we <gasps> They didn't sit at home and cry about it. Oh, it's getting real quiet. I think I touched a nerve, didn't I? <laughs> Let's just be real. Can we be real for once in this church? They did not sit at home and cry that something wasn't happening in their life. They did not sit home. They got up under the preaching of the word of God. They were obeying the law of Christ. Got into the house of God. Pressed through the inconvenience. Got into the church. And miracles started to happen. Can you give God praise in this place? Understand it is important to come to the command center. Unless you've got COVID, then stay at home. And it's important to come consistently. It's important to come continuously. 
It's, it's, it's what you need for your life. Well, pastor, I can read the word of God. You know what everybody tells me? It's just not the same. It's not the same watching it on Facebook than it is being in the house of the Lord. There's something different that takes place. God has created it that way where there is faith and there is synergy and you can feel and sense the Holy Spirit in the room. And not only that, you ain't got nobody in the the body to pray for you when you're at home. I mean, you're just like touching yourself going, I'm healed, I'm healed. Right? Amen? You got more faith combining with your faith. Church is important. It is so important that the Bible says in the New Testament that every Sunday it's so important that the enemy is trying to rob the seed that is coming out of my mouth to where Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday it's not operating in your life. He wants to rob it from you because he knows the church is so important because if you get plugged into the spout where the glory comes out, you're going to go from glory to glory to glory. And he'll do anything he can to rob that. And pull that out of you. Amen? All right. So now, what's interesting here, and I said this last week, and I'm going to reiterate it this week because you forgot everything that I said last week. But here's what Jesus says to the man. He says, he says, first, what's forgiven? Your sins. He says, your sins are forgiven. Why? Because God always wants to deal with you internally first. Before he deals with all your external problems. Amen. Jesus knew the man was a churchgoer. Because he got there, right? He knew the man was the churchgoer. He showed up to hear the preaching of the word of God. But even though he was a churchgoer, he was still concerned about the hidden thing in the man's life. Before he ever touched the outward in the man's life. And this is where I believe most of Christians are at in the church of America is we come because we want the miracle we come because we want the blessing we come because we want it easy but we don't ever want the hidden parts of us made whole and I was listening to George Barna on the way to Shadron and he interviewed 17,000 churches Which means he interviewed a lot of people. And he found ten things on the journey to have a transformed life. And he said the number one thing in the Christian's life that is keeping them from being transformed. And for us to see what we saw in the book of Acts. He said the number one thing in the church of America that is not happening is brokenness. Because we don't like to break. We don't like anybody in the room to see our nastiness inside. And we surely don't want to see God, or we don't want God to see the nastiness inside. But you're really kidding yourself because he already sees it. So in your life, God wants to deal with three things. He wants to deal with sin. He wants to deal with self. And he wants to deal with the society that's in you. Man, it's like really quiet. I, th- I think I think the COVID fog has come on them. God wants to deal with the sin in your life. He wants to deal with the selfishness in your life. And he wants to deal with the society 
which means the cosmos, the operating system that you have been lulled by by the enemy, instead of transforming your mind to the Word of God, you still act like the world, and he wants to deal with sin, self, and society. God wants to get down to the hidden parts of you because your God is a wholeness God. He's into wholeness healing. Are you hearing me? And and, and listen to me. This is why I believe this next statement can be true. And don't miss this. And we'll talk about it next week. But on the screen, sometimes physical illness can be connected to either a spiritual attack or some sort of spiritual stronghold in your life. Sometimes it's just a downright spiritual attack. But sometimes it's those 17 spiritual strongholds that we've got in our life. Because understand, God wants to heal everything, church. And he wants your spirit healed above everything else. That's why Jesus looked at the man instead of saying, stand up and walk. Now your sins are forgiven. He says, your sins are forgiven. He wanted the man to have peace in his heart. He wanted the man to have his heart right before he healed the body. And all of you understand what's on the inside can manifest on the outside. Stress can affect you physically. Depression can affect you physically. What happens in our spirit, what happens in our heart, what happens in our mind, what happens in our soul, it usually affects us spiritually because they're connected. And that's why God is interested in your spirit first, because that part of you will never die. Your old body to dust that it's going to go back to. It's going to go back to the cursed ground it went in. That's why it can't make it to heaven. Your body full of earthly cursed dust can't go into heaven. Are you hearing me? Nothing cursed can go into heaven. That's why you get a new spirit. That's why you get a new body to where it can enter into the pearly gates. So look at the screen. God doesn't want to just heal your physically. He wants to heal your sick spirit. He doesn't want to heal you if you've got a sick spirit. Get the sick spirit right first and then ask God to heal you. Amen? As the musicians come. Told you I'd get out. Well, maybe. Get out of here a little bit earlier. Now, here's what I want you to notice. Because back then and right now, we, we got it all confused. See, the religious leaders, if you'll notice, they did not question the healing. Right? They didn't question the healing. In the story, I said, what is this? This is blasphemy. God cannot forgive sins. Or or only God can forgive sins. Not you. Look at what they were questioning. Salvation. But see, today we have it flipped. What's easy now is salvation. Oh, yeah, he went to the altar. He's, he's saved. He's saved. He's golden. He's, he's going straight to heaven. That's easy. But see, in biblical times, the miracle, the signs, the wonders, it, it, they didn't question that because there was a lot of that going on. Even before Jesus came, people were getting healed. Then when Jesus came, it was just like, wow. So they didn't question the healing. They were saying salvation was harder. But today in our society, healing is harder and salvation is so easy. And today I believe Jesus would look at us and say, why are you making healing hard, but you're making salvation easy? 
Because in this passage, what Jesus was trying to prove, I don't have to strain any harder within my power to say your sins are forgiven and I don't have to strain any harder with my power to say stand up and walk because my power is the same when it comes to your salvation and it's the same when it comes to your healing that's why the Bible says by his stripes we are saved not just spiritually but physically he did it all in one act God is into wholeness healing he wants to heal every part of you. Just like if you go to the doctor and you got a heart issue, you, you know what he's going to tell you? Eat less, move more. And stay out of the haagen line. And Kentucky Fried Chicken is bad for you seven days a week for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay? You cannot eat the things that you used to eat if you got a heart problem. When I went into the hospital with my heart hickey, y'all remember that? I went to the doctor and he said, you're just fat. Ain't nothing wrong with you. He was, you know, the guy with the beard and he's bald. Little heart guy, do you know him? Love him. He's stocky. Don't have any bedside manner, but he just tells you like it is. He said, ain't nothing wrong with you. Lose some weight, you'll be better. I had another heart hickey recently. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I always have someone went to the nurse. She's like, just lose some weight. So I did it. I do what they tell me to do. All right. Now it's time for y'all to do what I tell you to do. Amen. But see, God's into wholeness healing. It's the same thing. God says, I want to heal your body, but my main concern is, is there life change? Is that all you want me for is just to heal your boo-boo? I want to heal the boo-boo inside of you that it heals your marriage and it heals your kids. And now a new generation is serving the Lord and now another generation. See how it goes. If I heal your body, how is that going to pass down from generation to generation? But if I heal you deeply and your kids see the change in you and how you treat your wife and how you treat your husband, then something can shift in the generation. You can't have that same old stuff you've been carrying and expect different results. Doing the same old thing and expecting different results, that's called insane. And they got the fifth floor for you. You can do underwater basket weaving for the rest of your life. Church, God doesn't just want to heal your body. He wants to get rid of your anger. Because anger can mess you up physically. It can mess somebody else up physically when it starts coming out. He wants to get rid of your unforgiveness. Let's get rid of your stress. Let's get rid of that pornography. He wants to get rid of that addiction. There's bitterness in the room. He wants to get rid of that. There's a fence in this place. He wants to get rid of that. Somebody in this room got a problem with your mama. He wants to get rid of that.
Just listen to him. I'm sorry. It's not just physical on the screen. It's spiritual. It's about life change, church. It's when you say you want to be healed, you better be ready. Because He wants to heal you through and through. We've got to get the first thing, the first thing, and focus on that, that that's the biggest miracle in the room. For Him to change 25 years of anger, and you only had a boo-boo for 15 minutes, and you want that healed more than you want the 25 years of anger. We've lost the priority. And I believe God can bring you to a place of spiritual healing today and physical healing today. I'm not minimizing physical healing. I want to be healed physically. If there's anything wrong with me that I don't even know, just heal it. I ask God all that all the time. There's probably some stuff in me I don't even know. Just heal it, whatever it is. But look at Jesus' sermon as he closed on the screen. It said, the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed, all of them, even those religious folks. And praise God. We will never stop in this church praising God for salvation. Young lady got saved back. I'm so excited. Right over there. We, we praise God for her. Why? Why do we do that? Not because it's tradition, because it's the manifestation of the kingdom of God happening in our midst. When he heals you physically, he brings us through COVID with flying colors and we're still here. We're going to praise God for that. Why? Because it's God's manifestation happening in the kingdom in our midst. And whenever it happens in this room, whether it's major life change, whether it's physical healing, whether you've been saved all of your life and you finally dropped anger, you finally dropped bitterness, or you finally dropped unforgiveness, or you finally dropped your habitual addiction to cigarettes, whatever it is, we're going to celebrate that because it's always God showing this body of believers that I'm still on the throne, I'm still operating in the world, I still got everything under control, and we're going to always praise Him for everything that He does. So stand to your feet. It's really, really simple today. If you need your sins forgiven and you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, but you want Him to be in your life, today is your day. I feel like there's somebody in this room that needs to give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I know you think you got it all together. I know you don't think you need him. I know you think you can control everything that's going on. But I've got news for you. I was in your shoes too. I resisted him many times. I obeyed the voice of the devil in my heart and in my head. And I walked out of many church services without giving my life to Christ. And my life got worse. It fell more into chaos. And finally I surrendered. And that's all I'm asking you to do today is choose this day whom you're going to serve. Because in the book, it's either God or the devil. There is no gray area. 
Why is that bad of a person? It doesn't matter how good you are. You still need God's grace to make it to heaven. Your good works aren't going to fall before him and go, I get to come in. It's got to be the blood of Jesus Christ covering over your life because you believe that he died on the cross for you. You believe that people buried him in the grave. You believe that God raised him up after the third day because there was absolutely no sin in the man of Jesus Christ. And right now he ascended into heaven and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says he He's constantly making intercession. And I believe right now the Holy Spirit is pricking somebody's heart. Jesus has stood up from his throne and says, I brought them to Northville to get them saved today. And either you can turn to his voice or you can turn away. It makes no difference to me. I want you to be part of the kingdom. But I understand you've got a choice and you've got to make it. Who will you serve? If that's you... You go, I want to serve Jesus. I want to turn my life around, Pastor. Would you pray for me? Would you just simply raise your hand up where I can see it? Anybody in this room, I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? I want to give my life to Jesus. I see that hand. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Give my life to Jesus. Anybody else in the room? As the Holy Spirit's moving upon the hearts of the people, I want to give my life to Him. Raise your hand up where I can see it. Amen.